Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana. And Pastor Tom. And we once again would like to thank you for joining us today, May 14th, 2014, for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast, coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of DoubleWideNetwork.com where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is Prophetic News Update 2014. But before we get started, let us pray. Lord God, we just come humbly before your throne this day. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. Lord God, we ask that you would open the eyes and ears spiritually and hearts of your people to hear and to receive that which you have prepared and ordained here at 1159 in split seconds, just before the return of your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ in the rapture for his bride and a.k.a. Church. Lord God, we just thank you for all that you've done in this situation. We ask that you would have this broadcast go out over the airwaves around the world and do the work that you have prepared and ordained by the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we ask it all in the precious and holy name of your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen Amen. and man. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, Pastor Dana. And Pastor Tom. Your host today for another fascinating episode of Streams in the Desert Live. Well, my friends, as I'm sure that you must have already noticed, we have a special guest who is none other than the man behind the voice that we hear from each week by phone, and his name is Pastor Tom. Yes, my friends, He's finally been able to take a day off from work to join us here on the broadcast. So welcome, Pastor Tom. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's an awesome honor to be here with you today. And, and, you know, we're so used to being on the air before. Yep. It's almost like it's deja vu. We're back again. It's and old it's, home day. It, it is. It's, it's really wonderful to be here and to be able to take some time off and, and to be able to spend the time and to share the word. Amen. With our listeners, I know there's a lot of listeners out there. So. That's right. <laughs> if not today, 24-7, 365 on demand, and we welcome you all. And with that said, today we have some really great things lined up. But first, Pastor Tom and I would like to begin by saying happy rebirthday to the tiny but powerful nation of Israel. For it was 66 years ago today that Israel once again became a nation, which I might add in regard to to nations that have fallen, is something that has never happened up to that time, nor has ever happened again. After first being invaded by Rome in 70 AD and six subsequent empires up to the time that the one and only true and living God, who is the creator of heaven, earth, and Israel, reestablished the nation Israel and Jewish sovereignty over their ancient homeland by way of a declaration of independence for a modern-day state of Israel, which was announced on the day that the last British forces left Israel on May 14, 1948. 
So once again, happy rebirth day, Israel. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, yes. Um, my friends, as we dig into the prophetic news of 2014, we want you to join us by calling in at 480-421-0640. That number, once again, is 480-412-0640. To ask questions or just share something such as, um, how you liked God God's Not Dead. My friends, it's still in the theaters. You've got to go see it if you haven't. Or if you have, go see it again and take someone with you. I did, and as of this last past Monday, I've seen it five times, and I'm excited to go again. So if any of you out there would like to go see it, if somebody would go with you, just get a hold of me. I'll be happy to go with you. My only stipulation is that you'd want to see it at the Harkins Arrowhead Fountain 18 Theater in Peoria, Arizona, because it's right down the street from me. And take her seriously. She will do this. (laughs) I will do this. I'm not joking. If you live here in in Phoenix or Scottsdale or any of the surrounding areas and you want to come over to Peoria, you got it. I'm with you. I will meet you there. Okay, okay, okay. Now, back to the business at hand. And speaking of God's Not Dead... Our broadcast today is an update to touch base on some of the prophetic news that is and has been happening here in 2014. And with that said, I'm going to turn the mic over to Pastor Tom so he can fill us all in on the first update for today. But just before I do that, folks, don't forget to give us a call here at the station to either ask questions that are on your mind concerning the times that we now find ourselves living in here just before the return of the Lord and Bridegroom, Jesus Christ, in the rapture of his bride, a.k.a. church. Or just call in to share something that you think might be of interest concerning the hour in which we now live in. The number here at the station is... 480-421-0640. Again, that number, my friends, is... 480-421-0640. Okay, now, in honor of God's Not Dead, take it away, Pastor Tom, with our first update of the day. Awesome. Our first title... Uh, for our update is Rampant Rise of Education Discrimination for Christians as seen in the Prophetic News Watch newsletter dated May 12th, 2014, shared by Kristen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this name, okay, but I'm going to try it, Pastinuti. Nuti. Nuti. Pastinuti. Pastinuti. Okay, I've got that. Kristen Pastinuti. <clears throat> This starts, which begins by saying, when Brandon Jenkins, a bright and promising applicant, applied for entry into radiation therapy program at Maryland Community College of Baltimore County, he received a notice informing him that he was not selected for the fall 2013 term. After completing his exam and interview process, he inquired further. That's what everybody would do. Why Amen. wasn't I accepted? Yeah. Jenkins had exceeded the minimum requirements for entry into the program and planned on reapplying for the next term. When he followed up with CCBC staff members to find out why he was not being admitted, mm-hmm. he was told that he was not selected. Get this. Ah, yes. This is This is amazing. Because, among other reasons, his chosen field is, quote-unquote, not the place for religion. You say what? Yeah. Wow. During his interview process with a five-person panel, Jenkins responded to a question, quote-unquote, what is the most important thing to you? With the reply, quote-unquote, my God. The director and coordinator of radiation therapy, Adrian Doherty, told Jenkins, now catch this, quote, unquote, Mm -hmm. I understand that religion is a major part of your life, and that was evident in your recommendation letters. Hmm. However, this field is not the place for religion. Say what? I can't believe this. This is terrible. But it sure reminds me of God's not dead. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) She further stated, quote, unquote, we have many patients 
who come to us for treatment from many different religions and some who believe in nothing at all. If you interview in the future, you may want to leave your thoughts and beliefs out of the interview process. Then that's not going to be the place for me, whatever it is. Wow, you have to leave your, your, your thoughts out and your beliefs out of the interview process? Hmm. The ACLJ, American Center for Law and Justice, is suing the university, asking for an injunction against it, demanding admittance for Jenkins into the program and for damages to be paid to him for unplanned expenses he incurred while believing that he was he would be a full-time student. As a result of being denied entry, he was forced to restart his business. The ACLJ senior counsel, David French, told the Christian Post that Doherty's comments were both, quote-unquote, flatly illegal mm-hmm. and, quote-unquote, bigoted. Nothing his noting his personal beliefs that the question posed to Jenkins, quote-unquote, is what, what is most important in your life is not an academic question. Uh-huh. Quote-unquote, it's not related to the radiation therapy program. He said that, quote-unquote, they ask a question that went far beyond the bounds of the academic program itself. And they got an honest answer from a Christian about what's most important to him. And then they discriminated against him on that basis. It's absurd. Yes. And it's happening every day. And it's also just one more reason to go see God's Not Dead, my friends. Oh, well, moving right along uh, to our next piece of news for today. Uh, Our next title is Mandatory uh, Biometric Identification Everywhere You Go, as seen in Prophecy News Watch newsletter dated May 9th, 2014, shared by Tom Alego. Uh, Let's see. He says, uh, to begin, uh, imagine a world where you can finally afford to ignore the famous old slogan, don't leave home without it. When needing to shop, trashing your credit or debit cards, forgetting your PIN codes, leaving even your cell phone, banking and identification documents behind, and of course you can forget about cash. All of those long-accepted payment tools and channels are now integrated into your body. The writer continues by saying, can't leave it at home or can't leave home without it will be the new slogan. Just how many real people have succeeded in leaving their faces and hands at home when they go anywhere, he states. Um, As Michael Snyder recently explained in thetruthwins.com, quote-unquote, we have entered an an era where uh, biometric security is being hailed as the solution to the antiquated security methods of the past. We are being promised that Constant identity theft problems that hackers cause through cyber attacks, our credit cards, bank accounts, ATM machines, and internet passwords will all go away once we switch over to biometric identification. But there is a price to be paid for adopting biometric identification, the writer says. Your face and your hands will be used continuously to monitor and track everything that you do and everywhere that you go. And it's easy to imagine a day when none of us will any longer be able to buy or sell anything without submitting to biometric identification. The writer Tom Alego says Snyder further explains that although biometric security is not yet being forced on people, it will eventually be required by banks and government agencies once it has been adopted on a widespread basis. And for those who think that this is a remote scenario that belongs to a future generation to worry about, think again. Snyder gives a few of many very current and pertinent 
examples, all based on the unique human biometric features. Uh, a Fox News article reported that an employee of Finger Tech named Ryan King was, quote-unquote, the most verified man in Brooklyn, having been, quote-unquote, verified by a fingerprint recognition device after he placed his finger on the reader and also after a facial recognition device scanned his face. It is as well said by... Website CR80news.com that biometric scanners are already being used in dining halls on college campuses all across America. Hand geometry readers now enhance to leverage fingerprints. And even iris biometrics link students with transactions. Our next one up is physical access to the, physical access is the hallmark of biometric application, but the technology has been gaining popularity in food service and other sectors to expedite transactions. Ooh, that's scary. Mm. Snyder states that young people tend to be less alarmed by this technology, and so that is where it's being pushed. You know, Pastor, the writer states that an example of this is the plan to reportedly, reportedly use biometric scanners at the Six Flags Amusement Park this summer. Scathing. Yes. I mean, aimed at making faster entrance for season pass holders who will present their voucher. You know, doesn't that sound an awful lot like Years ago, when we went to Disney World, they had fast passes and things like that. Yep. Now it's gotten to this. It's been working its way yes. up. Amen. You know where it's headed. Yes. BND.com explains that a scanner processes an image of their fingerprint, assigning a unique set of numbers that are used to validate the pass holder's card each visit. Uh-huh. The first visit should take only about 20 seconds and set up the card as opposed to additional time of taking a photo and getting it printed on a card. Yep, the old system. Yes. Biometric identification is even being used in Africa to track, um, to keep track of those who are being vaccinated. Um, today, biometric vaccination registries help to ensure millions of young children receive the vaccinations that are needed to save their lives without over-vaccinating uh, some and missing others entirely, as memburn.com reported. Yes, Pastor. And as reported by, I love these websites, but they are so true when you, when you look at them. <laughs> That's true. Techdirt.com. Ah. Uh, we are already uh, starting to see an establishment of massive biometric databases. Wow, databases are already being established. Yep. Wow. I think One, they've already been established. I know. <laughs> One of these is the FBI's facial recognition. Aha, uh-huh, now I know they have been. <laughs> yes. That is part of their next generation identification program. It's being projected, project that. The FBI will have completed, wow, 52 million of our face images by the year 2015. Yeah, and you know where they got all those face images from? Uh, Facebook. Yes. That's where they got them from. You you know, people don't even know their faces are being imaged. That's right. Walking down the street or, like you said, Facebook. Everybody what is, what is that it. show? What is that show? Well, the, oh, I, you're oh, going to ask me these yeah, things. That, Come yeah, person yeah. of identity. Or, uh, person, uh, yeah. person of interest. Person <laughs> of interest. Uh, Snyder concludes with some more thought-provoking statements, such as, quote-unquote, and it is easy to imagine what a tyrannical government could do with this kind of technology. If it wanted to, it could use it to literally track the movements and behavior of everyone. And one day, this kind of technology will likely be so pervasive that you won't be able to open a bank account, get a credit card, or even buy anything without either having your hand or your face scanned first. Uh, When the day arrives, what will you do, says the writer. And he continues by saying, fortunately, the Bible clearly forewarns us all of this exact scenario. 
and amen to that, my friends, because it certainly does. Uh, that it was prophesied to take place in the last days of time and life on earth as we know it, the growing uh, prevalence and acceptance of biometrics in itself, the writer says, is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. For it, is, for it says in Revelation chapter 13, beginning at verse 11, And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he held two horns, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from the heavens on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth both all, he causeth, and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save or accept, he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom, states the word of God. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six which I might add, translate to 666, my friends. The writer continues by saying, it's hardly a coincidence that current biometric, biometrics focus on the hand and face. Revelation thirteen sixteen prophesies that it would be so. Remember this note from me, your host, Pastor Dana, my friends. For the Bible states not only in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16, but in verse 17 as well, that he that causeth both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name, which there again, my friends, is 666. Meanwhile, back at the writer of whom states that the acceptance of a mark on your body to buy or sell is also something that God clearly warns against. The taking of the mark, which will also be somehow, the writer says, integrated into Satan's number 666, is not a mere monetary and social convenience. It is a mark of worship and allegiance to Satan and his system of provision. And in that, I say, according to the word of God, my friends, the writer has well said, because that's exactly the way I would have put it as well. The writer continues on by bringing up the fact that the Bible is also clear that anyone taking the mark will temporarily survive by being able to buy and sell, but is going to be doomed to spend eternity in hell. The word of God, my friends, actually says hell first, then on into the lake of fire for all eternity, which will be granted at the final judgment day of God. Picking up where the writer left off, he, uh, as he once again begins to use scripture found in Revelation chapter 14, get this, between verses 9 and 11 which state, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone, brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and if you remember the show from a few weeks ago, the Lamb of God is Jesus Christ, my and, friends. 
Uh, and verse 11 says, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they shall have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. The writer further states, Those who resist taking the mark will be beheaded, but will, as a result, rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Amen. Then make heaven their eternal home. In regards to a new heaven and new earth spoken of in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, the writer says, going back for just a moment, though, my friends, uh, the writer as well includes Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, which states, And I saw thrones, and they they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Awesome. And it's still on the way. Just before we close this article with the writer's last thoughts, I would like to add in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8, of which the writer briefly mentioned a moment ago regarding the new heaven and new earth, of which reads, by way of the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, as spoken by the mouth of John the Revelator, beginning in verse 1, and says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw, and I, John, saw the city, the holy city, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, says the word of God. Finally, the writer concludes by saying, so when that quote-unquote mandatory biometric day arrives, what will you do? Be fully warned, he states, should you see that day, your only choice will be between time and eternity. And that choice will determine the destiny of your very eternal soul. And you know, my friends, with that said, it looks like this is as good a place as any to take a break. But stay tuned and buckle your seatbelts because the best is yet to come. Be right back. Get in. 
There they are, the Newsboys. Go see God's Not Dead. They're in it. Oh, I'm Please so excited. Please go see God's Not Dead. <laughs> so I can this quit talking about it. This is the way she it. is like all the time at home, too. <laughs> oh, I'm just so excited. You know, Pastor Tom, I would just like to once again take this time to say that it's really great having you here on the show today. And it's awesome being here. It's truly a blessing to be here and to experience the the, the new, you know, uh, Double Wide Network here. You've got Amen. an awesome program here, and it's an awesome place to be doing the program from. Ah, oh, and the people yes. are so awesome, uh, too. Amen. Uh, uh. My friends, you may be wondering why Streams in the Desert Live comes to you each and every week, bringing what some call gloom and doom. But if that truly is your interpretation, you have missed the fact that Streams in the Desert Live weekly broadcast, in reality, is a gift to you directly from and is only made possible by way of the power and anointing of God and His Holy Spirit, who was, is, and will always be the one and only true and living God, creator of heaven, earth, and Israel, and who is, at the same time, the father of a one and only begotten Son, who is the only Savior of all mankind, that is, of all mankind who will call upon his name, and his name is Jesus. This broadcast has been sent to all who can and will hear and heed the voice and commandment of the Lord God by way of the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit to prepare for the end of all things as we know them is at hand. With that said, my friends, do you really know and have a personal relationship in good standing with the one and only true and living God's one and only begotten Son, the one who gives you your every breath, wakes you each and every morning, and who can and will and whose good pleasure it is to provide for you the talent, ability that you need to live in health while making wealth, falling in love, and all the while enjoying the peace which surpasses the understanding of all men. My friends, if that is not your life today, it can be by way of accepting the Lord and only Savior, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the Word of God has this to say about in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and it is said that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And his name is Jesus Christ, my friends. For in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it is said as well, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And for this reason, it is as well noted in John three sixteen through 18, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, who is Jesus Christ, my friends, might be saved. And the reason it says might be saved is because we have a free will given to us by God from the time that we're born throughout our entire life to make decisions. Uh, And the most important decision we will ever make in this lifetime is where we will spend our eternity. Will we spend it walking the streets of gold or will we spend it in the lake of fire with Satan, his Antichrist, the false prophet, and all those who believe that God is dead and that he has no one and only begotten Son who is the Savior of all mankind. Amen. And you know, he can make it look so comfortable and so easy to follow Satan, and it makes it so hard to follow God, but it's not. That's the difference. It's quite the other way around if you really think about the things that go on in life and what God brings versus what Satan brings. But the unfortunate thing is, is people experience what Satan brings 
from the time they're born till the time they finally get tired of it and say, Lord, help me. And you know, it's a funny thing. When it's time to say, Lord God, help me. Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. Nobody's ever calling on Buddha. Nobody's ever calling on Muhammad. Now, you know, when they're having a heart attack, they're not calling on Muhammad. They're not calling on Buddha. They're not calling on, you know, John Smith or any of those guys, man. I'm telling you, they're calling on, oh, God, save me. Amen. And you know, they always said there's no atheist in a foxhole. There you go. Amen. That's a good saying, yes. too. Uh, verse 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that's why, my friends, you have a free will to make your choice as to whom you will serve now and for all eternity. Verse 18 says, He that believeth on him, who is Jesus Christ, is not condemned. My friends, you have to listen to this. This is the word of God. He's the one who created us. He's the one who gives us our every breath. And he is saying, he that believeth on him, who is Jesus Christ, is not condemned. We're on our way to glory. We're on our way to heaven. We're on our way to walk the streets of gold. We're on the way to live forever without tears and without pain and without death. But he goes on to say in the word, the Lord God says, he that believeth on him, who is Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. That's a big but in there, isn't it? Well, it is because we're born into sin. You know that, Pastor Tom. You know, we're born into sin because we have that free will that we have to make the choices to whether we want eternal life or eternal damnation. It's, uh, you know, if you end up in the lake of fire, looking up into the halls of heaven, which, my friends, that is possible. The Word of God says so, that when that time comes and you end up in the, the lake of fire, uh, you're going to be able to look up into heaven, and you're going to be able to see the people that told you you need to find you need to find your way with the Lord. You need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. But they're never going to know in heaven that you did not make it. That is one of the things the Lord said. He took away all the pain, all the tears, all the death. That won't be in heaven. But it is outlined in the Word of God very plainly that those in the lake of fire will be able to look up into heaven and see those who told them over and over and over again that you need a personal relationship to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the word of God says, he that believeth on him, who is Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. So if you want to go to like a fire uh, and a little side trip over to hell first, which everybody always talks about, uh, you know, then just keep doing nothing. Don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior because you don't have to do anything. If you want to go to hell and end up in the lake of fire, just keep going the way you're going. You're you're going to make it there, you know. Uh, The the word of God makes it very plain. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth on him who is Jesus Christ is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Can the word of God make it any plainer? I mean, it actually says these words. If you go read it, it's, you know, it's in John chapter 3, verse 18. It says, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And my friends, the name of the only begotten Son of God is Jesus Christ. And you know, Pastor, we, we talk about this all the time. There are so many versions of the Bible, and they say that each version is so much easier to understand. <laughs> this, this, is, this is King James Version. Mm-hmm. Written at a sixth grade level. And... and I don't see anything that's very confusing right here. Well, you know what's confusing <laughs> is when the devil gets in the mix Amen. and he goes, oh, uh, just tell him I can't read it because I don't know what thee and thou means. Well, you know, it means you, you know, it means you and me. Okay. No, there's no these or thou. I know there's there. not. I mean, it's wow, very yeah. plain. And this is not <laughs> the new King James. This is the no. regular 400 yeah. and plus year old version of the English speaking King James version of the Bible. It says, for, uh, you know, he who believes shall be saved, and he who uh, chooses not to believe shall be condemned. Amen. I mean, That's it can't get That's... any plainer than that. You know what? Moving on into a really serious part right here. In John chapter 3, verses 34 and 36 through 36, John says of Jesus, listen to this, for he whom God, meaning for he whom God, Who is he? He's Jesus Christ. For he whom God has sent speaketh the word of God. For God give not the Spirit, with capital S meaning the Holy Spirit, by measure unto him, because he is God, and his name is Jesus Christ. 
the, the scripture says, for he whom God has sent speaketh the word of God, for God has not given the spirit by measure unto him. The father loveth the son and has given all things into his hand. So for people who say they don't need Jesus or don't believe in God or whatever, I hope you continue to breathe until you change your mind, because if you don't, you're going to end up in the lake of fire. Verse 36 says, he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. Can we make it any plainer? Amen, yes. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, Mm. but the wrath of God abideth on him. So sad. Wow. Oh, it is beyond. There's no words for it. And in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus himself speaking says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, Jesus said, would have told you. I, Jesus said, go to prepare a place for you. And if I... Jesus said, go and prepare a place for you. I, Jesus said, will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And the may is only contingent on you making the decision to be there. And whether I go, Jesus said, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, And how can we know the way? My friends, if you look up the word way, it means method. The method of entering into the eternal kingdom of God is through Jesus Christ. And it is the word way means method. Okay. The word way means method. So Jesus is telling Thomas, uh, he says, Lord, we know not where thou goest. We don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way or the method? Well, Jesus's answer to him is this. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. I am the method. That, that narrows it down to zero right there. Jesus or nothing, okay? Jesus said unto him, I am the way or the method, the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Amen. How many more scriptures do we even really need after that one? So in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, Jesus gives this invitation, Pastor Tom, to all who will receive it when he proclaims, beginning in verse 20. Behold, I, Jesus said, stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I, Jesus said, grant to sit with me in my throne. The word here, throne, means power, my friends. To sit with me in my throne, or power. Even as I also, Jesus said, overcame and am set down with my father in his throne, or power, my friends. He that has an ear, Jesus said, let him hear what the Spirit, with a capital S in the Word of God, it's a capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit, saith unto the churches. And you know, Pastor, that verse, in verse 20, where it says, I will come into him, Amen, is so important, because many versions say, unto him. And, you know, yep. come in, in, it's actually coming into you. And you know what? It uh, It's a it's a preface for the fact that, you know, uh, we cannot forget what uh, Acts chapter 2, verses Amen. 1 through 4 says. It says that, uh, you know, you need to wait upon the Lord after receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to tarry with the Lord, meaning, you know, wait on the Lord and, uh, and, and seek the indwelling power Amen. of God's Holy Spirit as outlined in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, and Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. This is something that the devil has been able to waylay many people. But if you compare the scripture that you're just talking about, where it says that Jesus says, I will come into you. Okay, that is specific. I will come into you because it is the spirit of God entering into 
your physical life and your physical body to walk with you hand in hand throughout this life and to lift you up off the face of this earth when the time comes for the rapture or for the uh, the Lord to carry your soul on into the uh, paradise. If you, if you leave here before the time of the rapture, the Lord God, through the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit, will lift your very soul from this earth, no matter how you leave here, if you're ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're living your life, uh, you know, at right living in Jesus Christ, no. righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, this right living in the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that said, the fact is, is that... Um, in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it talks about the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, which was sent back when Jesus went to set at the right hand of the Father after he had uh, been crucified, buried, rose from the dead, and he was, he was raised from the dead by God. That's what the Word of God says. And that's another thing that these new Bible versions leave out. They twist it, and they make it sound like Jesus, uh, as a man, just got up uh, from a grave and walked out like, you know, hey, I can do this on my own. You know, it's the God within. Well, guess what? It's not. It's the very hand of the one and only true and living God that raised him from the dead, and the Word says it specifically. And we are to wait uh, upon the Lord after receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are to receive the indwelling power of his Holy Spirit, and the evidence of receiving the indwelling power of his Holy Spirit is to initially speak with other tongues. And to speak with other tongues is a prayer language unto God, given by God, that Satan cannot interfere with. Amen. That is one thing that is done. It is also uh, a, a language of God that is used in spiritual warfare when praying over those who are possessed that the, uh, that the possession will leave them, that the uh, powers of Satan will be broken over their lives if they so choose to have that happen when they're in that situation. You know, many people of today say, oh, that was for the disciples' time. You know, they even write it in the footnotes of those phony Bibles, okay? <laughs> because it says, well, you know, speaking in tongues and uh, laying on of hands and all that kind of stuff that's, you know, mentioned here in the Bible that's eternal. Uh, well, that was just for when the disciples walked the earth, and that's dead now. We don't do that anymore. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. And so in Acts chapter uh, 19, verses 1 through 6, if you go and read that, it proves that God uh, has made it eternal, that we are to first receive it here and to walk in the power and anointing of His Holy Spirit from now until eternity, because it is the power of God bringing us to the place that we need to be. And mm -hmm. Acts uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, uh, you know, I'll just give you a little synopsis of that, and it's that uh, Paul is passing through, and he says to those who believed uh, uh, upon the, uh, the word of John the Baptist, and, they, and he said to them, So since ye have believed, meaning given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, as John the Baptist, um, you know, proclaimed that you should, uh, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? Well, it's astonishing because you know what their reply is? They said, and I mean, you can go to the very words of the Bible, and it's just ingrained in my head. And when he said, since you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we know not as much as there even be a Holy Spirit to be had. And when he went, what? And I mean, I went, what? Because he laid his hands on those folks then, and and they received the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit at that moment. And they began to speak with other tongues and prophesy, which comes from the Lord God in its true form. And everything else is a counterfeit. Well, I got news for you, folks. Um, today is uh, the day of salvation. And, uh, you know, Pastor Tom, we need to be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, you know, let's talk about that for a second. Well, you know, everybody is, is, seems to be looking for something, mm -hmm. and everybody is searching, and they're searching in every area but where they need to. Oh, isn't that the truth? I'm, you can see them looking, and it seems like, you know, you, you talk about God's not dead. You see dead men walking. That was an old movie that was out a long time ago, but you see these people that are just walking the streets and walking into work that have no purpose, have no meaning, 
Because they don't really even know where to go to find the meaning. I know. That's why they need to listen to Streams in the Desert Live. Because the Lord, is uh, he's got his anointing on this program. I'm not bragging on us because without his anointing, we are as dead men. Just without his anointing, we would not be here saying these things that are going to, to change people's lives because these are the words of God that we are bringing. These are not our own words. Do you know that if, uh, if we were not uh, where we are in the Lord today, we could be out there drinking, we could be out there partying, we could be out there doing whatever it takes to get to the top of the ladder. You know, those things are temporal. Those Amen. things are temporary, are. you know. Uh, they're not as important as knowing where you're going to spend your eternity and working on it right now. You know, uh, in the acting profession, we talk about the fact that, you know, you've got to uh, rehearse, you've got to practice, you've got to stay honed up. Well, guess what? It's no different to get into heaven. You've got to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to practice what he's uh, already laid down in the Bible for us to follow. You've got to be true. You've got to live in the moment. You've got to do everything that the Lord God has commanded us to do or else, you know, and the first thing that he's commanded us to do is have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, with that said, I think I'm going to move on to uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, where Paul lays out God's only plan of salvation, which can only be received by way of accepting his one and only begotten son, who is Jesus Christ, as your Lord, Master, and only Savior, and is thusly written, beginning in verse 9. Paul says that if thou, meaning you, in case you are confused, shall confess with thy or your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine or your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou or you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, or as I like to say, right living in Jesus Christ. With the mouth, confession, God says, is made unto salvation, or your way of escape from the wrath of God that is soon to be poured out upon the face of this planet, my friends, upon those who are ungodly, godless, and God-rejectors of the personal relationship that he has required with his one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ. Verse 11 says, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him. Who is he? He's Jesus Christ. Shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For, listen to this, my friends, for whosoever, God's requirement, my friends, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. His name is Jesus Christ, my friends. God is a title, and the true form of God is the Holy Spirit, and he cannot be seen. He's unseen, but as he was enveloped in the man, Jesus Christ, to give us something to look at, his name is Jesus Christ at that point. He is our example, and he is the one that God totally inhabited and brought to this earth that we would have an example, that we could not say, we don't know who he is, we've never seen him. Well, guess what? We haven't seen him, but you know what the Lord says about that? He says, blessed are those who believe yet have not seen. And for all who choose, my friends, to reject God's plan of salvation, they have nothing more to look forward to than what is written in the word of God and found in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, which states... John, the revelator speaking, says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I, John said, saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. My friends, if your name is not in the book of life, it's in the volumes of books that will be opened on the final judgment day of God that will lead to where we're going to go in verse 15 here in just one moment. According to their works, they are uh, going to be judged, not through the blood of Jesus that was uh, done by way of the work that 
the Lord Jesus Christ did upon the cross of Calvary. They're going to be judged by their own works. And my friends, the word of God there again has an answer for us. He says, our works alone and aside from a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ are to God as filthy rags. He has nothing to do with them. He will not receive it because he's already given you the plan of salvation. You cannot work your way to heaven, so forget it. Unless you're doing that which the Lord Jesus Christ has called you in a personal relationship with him, those works will be honored by God because when he looks at you as you do them, he looks through, prophetically speaking, the blood of Jesus, and he sees his son, not you. And that is our gift. Verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to to their works. And death and hell were cast. My friends, remember hell? Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And this is the second time we've read that this is the second death. First, it was you're going to be tormented in fire and brimstone, which was a, uh, a reference to the lake of fire. And here it is, plainly spoken out. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. First death is to die physically from this earth, and then the second death is to die spiritually, to not receive eternal life but damnation, and to end up in the lake of fire with Satan, the Antichrist, false prophet, and all those who decided that they didn't need a God, that they were good people, and that this and that and the other things. My friends, you're on your way to the lake of fire. Verse 15 even seals the deal. The Lord God, through the word, says in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And with, my, with that said, my friends, we need to uh, pray. And I'm just going to say a short prayer here today as I tear up the studio. And uh, here we go. If today you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, I ask that you would say this prayer with me from the depths of your heart. And that is, dear Lord God, I humbly come before your throne this day, and I thank you for all that you've done for me in sending your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, to pay the price upon the cross of Calvary for my sins. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for dying on the cross, for being raised by God, your Father, from the dead, that I would have eternal life because I was on your mind when you were on the cross. And, Lord Jesus, I ask now that you would forgive me of my sins. I ask that you would wash me white as snow by the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit, God. And, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would walk with me, guide me, and lead me into all truth and righteousness and bring all things to my remembrance. And, Lord Jesus, I know that you are faithful and true to do that which you have promised. And I know that because I've come to you this day with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, You have received me, and now I am your child, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would guide me and lead me into knowing God's word, knowing it well, and knowing it correctly, so I can be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And with that said, my friends, it is a wrap. Thank you once again for tuning in today for the Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio broadcast here on the DoubleWideNetwork.com. My friends, uh, don't forget that you can find us at DoubleWideNetwork.com landing page at Streams in the Desert Live or Streams in the Desert. Um, This is Pastor Dana and Pastor Tom saying shalom and blessings to you all in the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, my Lord, Master, Savior, soon coming King and Messiah, yours too, I hope. And until we meet again next Wednesday at 4 p.m. for the Streams in the Desert live internet radio broadcast, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and be gracious and give thee peace until we meet again. Shalom, shalom.
Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on DoubleWideNetwork.com, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily located on the DoubleWideNetwork.com Streams in the Desert Live landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?